This is Kanzenshu, the podcast, episode 305 for the week of July 22nd, 2012. Hello, live internet. Welcome to Kanzen Shu. The podcast. Correct, sir, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Kanzen Shu. That is, once again, correct, sir. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Looking at me through the magic of Google. Heath, Mr. Hujio, sir, welcome to the show yet again. I don't know why I really welcome you. You're just a part of things now. I'm just here. Just a dude. I live here now. You do live here now. That's great. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Here we are. We got you over there. That leaves me. My name is Mike Vegito EX. The two of us, episode 305, Sunday afternoon, broadcasting live. Not too shabby here. Everything seems to be working. We hope. We're trying out new things with uh, Google and YouTube in a variety of ways. We've done some live episodes before, but I want to extend that audience as much as we can. I know they're <laughs> the unenlightened. They're out there. We must convert them. We're going on... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? What do them religious folks do? They go out yonder and they convert. What do you call them? Missionaries. That's what we are, right? Sort of. Anyway, so we're doing this. We have a, a great topic that uh, we've kind of been, I don't know, hinting at a little bit and doing my usual weekend crap. What's our topic? Let's brainstorm. Oh, yeah, that one's already done, but it's also timely. Heath, we're going to talk about number three in line here. What's the dude's name? Do Are we calling him number three? I'm calling him number three. He is number three in I my book. I think he's technically almost number two. Yeah. I know. Well, whatever. not in my heart. We, and that's what counts, right? It is. It is all that matters here. <laughs> Today, we're going to be Going over a little biography of Mr. Tadayoshi Yamamuro. That is the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he's timely because I don't want to say he's in charge of the upcoming 2013 new Dragon Ball Z movie coming to Japan and hopefully outside Japan. But what's his job on? He's definitely animation director. Is yeah, that what it was? he's the character designer, animation supervisor director he'll probably do key animation so (laughs) his hand is all up in that thing it's all up in that jazz great great so that's who we're gonna be talking about we got news we got our topic we have some surprise news that apparently you haven't told me about so it's not very exciting exciting but we can pretend that it is all right i'm super excited i'm ready uh we got that we got our topic we have a a great email that's kind of like a little mini discussion and hopefully because we are broadcasting live we'll propose the question we'll give our answers and hopefully that audience can give us some of their answers as well since we got a lot of stuff to do uh let's do the news Keith, last time on the show, you, myself, and Mary, we discussed our hopes, our dreams for the upcoming new movie. And we've had a little bit more information that we sort of saw coming out, but it wasn't confirmed. And this is one of the, I've been describing this to people. I didn't want another sparking Omega debacle where (laughs) we really, I'm not pretending I'm like super amazing internet journalist, but I really rely on independent confirmations for stuff before we start posting it, even if I think the original source is probably accurate and likely is accurate. We didn't post something right away, and I'm kind of glad we didn't because we got even better, more information later on. So why don't you give me a breakdown on uh, The Lost Decade? Well, originally, Anime News Network posted this a little article saying that this would be the time span when the movie was going to take place. But well, hold on there because it wasn't really A and N that posted it. It was A and N posted true. it via a Japanese blogger, anime comic right. news site that posted. And it. after talking to Julian, there was actually nothing in the original article that said anything of you know this is a fact, this is opinion. It was just kind of listed as though it was part of the original announcement in Weekly Shonen Jump thirty three, which then we got a hold of and we said, well, this is not in there. So what do we do? So after a little while, Julian you know, did his thing, kind of wrote some stuff up. We kind of broke it down as we know this is out there. We know people are talking about it. This is why we're not posting. We can't confirm anything yet. And actually, Julian tried reaching out to the site like, hey, guys, where'd this come from? It's kind of curious, but uh, I think he looked into it and that particular site doesn't 
ever really reach out back to their audience members. Right. I think that's kind of common for Japanese sites. Which is fine, you know, because just shortly thereafter, we ended up getting it straight from the horse's mouth that uh, yeah, yeah. here's what's happening. So what happened was uh, Yusuke Watanabe, the scriptwriter for the upcoming Dragon Ball Z film, actually posted on his personal Twitter account that he was going to clarify the time frame, sort of. So here's what we got. He said... This was in response to someone that had asked him a question about it, and he said, Thanks. Strictly speaking, it's between the comic's final chapter and just before that. GT isn't part of the original work, after all. So it kind of narrowed down for us an actual time frame. It's what a lot of people are now calling this lost decade between chapters 517 and 518. But like we've speculated, 10 years is a long time. So really, it could be anywhere in that time frame. Well, that being said, people have pointed to the character designs and specifically Goten and Trunks, mm-hmm. who look basically the same as they did right at the end of the Majin Buu story arc. So, yeah, lost decade within there, probably soon. I was looking it up. The Jump Super Anime Tour special took place two years after right. 517. So, it kind of makes you wonder where exactly does this fall? Is this fall before that, just right after yeah, yeah. that? So, I think it'll be really neat because. It does give some people hope that uh, maybe uh, Tarble could make some sort of Tarble action there. My question is, where does it come with regard to a growth spurt with the two kids? Because obviously they grow up (laughs) over those couple of years. But another thing that I don't know if people just forgot about the Jump Super Anime Tour special, a la the characters in the Dragon World as it was happening, it seemed, that it was an event that they just kind of never really told you about. Well, I think that was one thing that I always liked about it was the fact that this thing happened, but nobody remembers it because it wasn't really that eventful. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. And so it's like... I mean, to the rest of humanity, it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Well, why would you tell about it then? Well, that's... It was was lost story. And everyone's forgotten about Boo and all that. My point, regardless, Heath, is that the Jump Super Anime Tour special took place during the exact same time frame, and I don't feel like anyone's giving that enough credit. So I want to give it credit because it was... Well, you do that. A fantastic production, and anyone who dislikes it is wrong and Mary hereby deserves down, to apparently. be booted out of fandom for all eternity. Um, but we did have yet another kind of follow-up from Watanabe there, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And this one I actually like because a lot of times you only find these little tidbits out when somebody's interviewing them and it's printed and it's always years after the production. Mm, but yeah, yeah. thank God for Twitter and the internet of this generation because it's really opened us up to a lot of these things we didn't even get this stuff again to bring it back to 2008 we didn't get this kind of stuff back then just a few years later we're getting a lot more transparency and in japan even so prior to this um previous post that we talked about then uh yusuke watanabe also wrote i've been given the honor of doing the script for the first dragon ball z theatrical anime in 17 years Given the honor really is the best way to say it. It's a completely new original work. Toriyama Sensei is truly great. I can go back to being a child, which I think is what a lot of us, you know, really yeah, feel yeah. when when these things happen. But he also said, I think I'll keep my hair dyed blonde until the movie opens next spring. I love that. So. He's truly uh fanboy really about mm-hmm. the movie and it's great to see that just that it reminds me last night i don't know why but mary decided to pop in the extras on uh x-men 3 now regardless of what you think about the movie itself i don't think it's as bad as people say but the extras on that blu-ray are fantastic they've got this great overview and interviews with lots of the artists and the story writers over time and all right, this is me trying to prove that I know stuff about American fandom, but I think it's Jim Lee, something like that. One of whoever came after Chris, Chris Claremont, who did lots of big, popular, important X-Men stuff. He said the, the same kind of things, whereas I grew up on these stories and this meant the world to me. And to have the opportunity to kind of take up the mantle there and tell new stories, but with the characters that I love in new ways, like stories that I've had in my head, it kind of reminds me of that, that we can see this going on because Dragon Ball is 20 plus years old. We're 20, we're heading on 25 years, aren't we? 30 yeah. years? Yeah. It was 1984. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And well, it was December 84, so it's kind of 
not Whatever. entirely true. But pick, why don't enough. you? Yeah. But so there's I, I'm making Mary proud there, even though yeah. she's not here right now. But can now. you imagine like being a fan of the series and then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, we're gonna hire you as a scriptwriter. <laughs> you get and to the work original on it now. author is involved, so you're gonna be in contact with him. I know. Be like oh, what? so cool. So cool. Uh, I know there was something that uh, we didn't really touch on on the homepage, but K-17 had posted and it kind of got skimmed over. Okay, and, what's that? Uh, it was the fact that uh, at some point, Yusuke had actually made a post on Twitter and he referenced what was happening around the time that he was hired. And this was sometime oh, right. last September when there was some junior boxing title that was happening that he was a fan of. Mm-hmm. And so... It kind of gives us an actual time frame of at least this has been in discussions or in the work since basically last September. That's really cool. Again, so, little tidbits that we would never have gotten before, but gives us a good frame of reference for when they start talking about it, when did it kind of move into production. Yeah, But I mean, you think about it, that that's happening and how long this has been going. And we know when Kai ended. Mm. And I mean, this is almost hot off the heels of Kai. That's true. That's true. So So that's coming to a close. Let's move on to this new project. Keep it going. Mm -hmm. Interesting, sir. Anyway, moving on with the news. Yeah. um, I kind of don't even need to mention this. Um, I was about to say Atari. (laughs) Kind of living in the wrong (laughs) decade here. Namco Bandai uh, confirmed both uh, the Budokai HD collection and Kinect for North American release. All that. We already knew they were confirmed because it's already whatever press releases. No one really cares. No one even comments on press releases. So uh, I don't know why I bother posting them, but I like having that historical news. So Heath, please tell me something well, interesting. We post those because it's all documented then. Yeah, we yeah, exactly. It. Well, it, it, that was really nice when I was porting over all the old news from Daisen Shui X from, you know, 1990. No, I didn't get much from 98. When did I have? Yeah, I think I had some from 98. But just having some of those press releases from back then, it's, I mean, it's marketing speak, but it's always good to refer back to. Anyway, please, please, please tell me something interesting. All right. So we have our first teaser trailer for the new Dragon Ball Z movie. And by habit, we have pictures and other people have seen it. Well, here's my question. All we know. Just reading even the news that you wrote, I'm not entirely sure if it's a real teaser trailer or if it's one of those See, teasers that's five seconds long. Here's the title. Ah, gotcha. I'm pretty sure it's only about five to seven seconds long. Yeah, yeah. From the looks of it. And just because uh, Sasaki Hisashi was there and his description was just world's fastest preview of the latest Dragon Ball Z <laughs> right. movie. Which it's leads like, me to believe title getting get out. Yeah, which basically they threw up the slogan for the movie with a nice picture of Goku. They might have shown something else and then an animated logo for the movie flies on. There's fire in the background and then it probably <laughs> gave the date. And yeah. that was about it. Now, so, what's the V-Jump getting, got going on right now? Is it V-Jump Festa? What kind of event is uh, this? It's uh, the Psycho V-Jump Festa. So it's a combination oh, of right. Psycho Jump and V-Jump. So they just have uh, stages. It's a two-weekend event. It's their own version of Jump Festa. Gotcha. It, it took place on the 21st, and then I believe they're coming back on the 28th. So we might get all more right. next weekend. Uh, but all they do is they just have panels promoting video games yeah, and whatever yeah. Psycho Jump is doing. And this happened to take place during the Dragon Ball Heroes stage show that and, they were doing. Right, right, right. So it was right at the end and it was the end of the day. I think this was at like 4.40 in the afternoon, something like that. It was right before the actual closing ceremonies even. Gotcha. So, so. just kind of last minute. No one was Super ready exciting. for it. So hopefully, like you said, if they're going to do more next weekend, someone can be ready with their iPhone and capture yes. the five seconds or whatever it is of said trailer. But the the nice thing is we're getting something and yeah, it's yeah. being talked about. And they, it looks like they're going to heavily promote this thing. So I hope so. We should be getting lots of cool stuff. Excellent. Now, you said you have one amazing, like, you were so excited you couldn't even bring yourself to now tell me about it. Now you're putting words in my mouth. I totally am. <laughs> what is this uh, minor news that you couldn't be bothered to tell me about? Uh, well, this is Dragon Ball Heroes related. Oh, I'm so uh, excited. Oh, my God. Oh, my so- God. Galaxy Mission 3. Yes, yes. Um, let's see. Jump V-Jump issue 9 will be coming out tomorrow, I believe. It should Japan. already be out because they come out on the 21st or, of two months Okay, prior. or it's already out. And included in this issue, you get a special poster done by 
Akira Toriyama himself. Gotta ah, go order. I'm a. But guess what it is? What? It's his original artwork for GT, where it's just Goku and Trunks with uh, machine guns and he's shooting like these alien people. I don't care. Just keep talking while I go yep, order this yep, right now. That's what it is. And then you get a Super Saiyan 3 Trunks card wait is this the september issue i'm literally typing right now and ordering this right now and then it also comes with a galaxy mission 3 secret booklet okay so it comes with this attack book and this protect book and yeah so you get all this cool gt akira toriyama super saiyan 3 trunks crap if you order v jump september 2012 yep add to cart Please keep talking and like stalling on the show while I order. Okay, this right I now. will do that. So you know it's pretty neat. It's weird though because I'm gonna post one of the images that comes with it uh, whenever I do this update. Whoever drew this, and I have no idea who it was because it doesn't look like Yamamuro, but Super Saiyan Three Trunks, his hair is like longer than his body. Like it's ungodly long. Am I seriously about to pay fifteen dollars to have? This magazine shipped to me. God damn it. Sure. Do I hate, it. I hate you. So anyway, that's my really, really exciting news that I held on to. After 21 days, ah, I'll just do FedEx. Uh, that's one to three days. Okay, FedEx is $17.90. Oh, God. What am I doing? <laughs> Why? Why? Oh, change the address. Because you want to. I mean, I guess I'll edit out some of this stuff when... The actual show goes live, but... And we've gotten insert posters before for uh, GT, I believe, but nothing where they actually contribute it to Toriyama himself. But then again, it's artwork we've seen before, so it was probably really, really easy for them to release this. But then they get fools like you from North America. They're like, ah, I gotta import this. Ah, you know what? I don't know that I can justify... Wait, nah. It's gonna cost me 30 bucks to order this stupid magazine. Maybe I'll just try going to New York next month. Although it would cost me $30 to go to New York. Ah! Oh, I give up. See the irony. I give up. I give up. I hate everything. All right. Are we done with this news? I think we are done with this news. Okay. Uh, Let's do our topic. Today we are covering number three in my heart, although Heath believes he's probably somewhere around number two on the totem pole at this point. I only say that because of, you know, chronologically. I know, but I don't think that way. I think with my emotions and my love. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) My love is less in this world here. Tadayoshi Yamamoto, uh, man, what character, designer, artist, uh, animator, key animator, in-between animator, kind of lots of many things that he does yeah i mean he's done just about everything he's been a character designer animation supervisor he's done in between he's done key he does promotional artwork he basically is the end-all be-all person that does everything for the series all right then we're done which makes him number two in my heart Uh, no that is not accurate again we're going to cover him today because well the outline's already done destroying the illusion that we great effort into topics we can we can well we do, we do. it's just effort i put in <laughs> it's already done but also because he is so heavily involved in that next year's movie and it just seems to tie in with the time frame and everyone's excitement over the movie we may as well cover the man himself so heath you have an outline like the times we have covered maeda and nakatsuru i am here to be a pretty face a pretty voice and chime in occasionally with your you're your guiding the topic here it's kind of scary it is so go all right so to start off like mike said we've already covered uh minero maeda and nakatsuru so what we're going to do this time is tatayoshi yamamuro unfortunately with yamamuro we don't really know a whole lot about him especially from his early history so here's what we do know there's not much information about his early life i mean He's never done any early interviews because when he was younger, he was never actually involved with animation. At a young age, he actually joined a Shaolin temple and began learning martial arts. This is already amazing. And and so if, if anyone doesn't know, go look up just Shaolin monks and you'll just find images upon images of people doing these really awesome martial arts moves and guys throwing needles through glass and 
standing on blades of swords and what <laughs> and that's what I mean, he was doing. just really cool stuff and that's what he was doing All right confirmed primary source right here exactly um so at some point he left the temple during the 1980s uh it's not we're not really sure when he left but it had to be at some point because he decided to become an animator for some unknown reason because that's what everyone does. In it's Japan, the apparently. path to glory. Well, maybe it was in the 70s and 80s. But So in 1984, Yamamoro was recruited and hired by Shindo Productions. Now, we're going we're gonna to take a step back here because to explain the rest of this, we need to know where Shindo Productions comes okay. from. So after working as an animator for Mushi Productions, Toei Doga, which is now known as Toei Animation, and Sunrise Studios... Mitsuo Shindo founded his own animation studio called Shindo Productions because you just name it after yourself. Why not? So Shindo Productions was founded in 1981, which kind of gives us our, our time frame of around when Yamamoro actually left the Shaolin Temple. We're assuming at this point he's looking for work or he's an understudy somewhere that's not documented. And this is the time frame that Toriyama is kind of on the rise to really amazing big. Yep. So the studio was hired by Toei Animation, and one of the first projects that they actually were uh, hired to work on was Toriyama's Doctor Slump, a Raleigh-chan adaptation. And around this same time, then uh, Shindo Productions hired Yamamuro, and so the first anime that he actually worked on was Raleigh-chan. Uh, okay, then makes sense. So there you go. And he was hired as an in-between animator so he really started at at the lowest pay grade the lowest possible (laughs) position and as we've learned with a lot of you know these guys he really just worked his way up he he used hard work and just did what he had to do and apparently when you're really really talented you just you get bumped up the chain super fast because by the time Aralechan ended and Toei Animation had moved on to start work on Toriyama's next big hit series which we all know and love as dragon ball uh yamamuro had actually been promoted to being a key animator which is pretty quick because that means he only spent about two and a half years working as an in-between animator before uh mitsuo probably said you know what this guy's really talented i need to get him working on some higher caliber stuff you know what we should probably do for folks that don't know the process of animation define what in between and what key animation is okay so to start out you have the animation supervisor who usually works pretty close with a director to come up with a set of sequences that they want in their animated production so in dragon ball you would have you know the beginning of the episode maybe some battle and whatnot, they would lay out what they want it to look like. Yeah, yeah. So then from there, the animation supervisor goes to his team. In this case, Mitsuo Shindo would have been the animation supervisor. And his company, which had, you know, Yamamuro Tadayoshi in it, he would go to him and say, okay, here's what I need from you. And he would become the key animator. And there would be a couple of them. And each one would be assigned certain scenes that they would come through and only draw the key moments in that scene, which is what we know as traditional animation, where everything's done by hand. So just to give you an example, maybe something like if someone's going to throw a punch, you'd have maybe that... The wind-up, the pulled-up... And the hand fully extended, then the contact. And then from there, they would pass on all these key animation shots to an in-between animator who basically fills in the blanks between these key motions that characters or action scenes would take. It's the manual motion tweens from back in the day. You would literally just sit there and go, okay, now his hand's a centimeter more this way, now a centimeter more this way, so that it would you would get fluid motion. And just because I know, most animation was done at about 12 frames per second and then doubled up to 24, which is... Yep film essentially and then yeah. you know for tv which you'll notice if, if you look through a lot of the 
uh, VOB files from like the Dragon Box and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you look at the episodes, you'll see a lot of duplicates right, right. all over the place. Right. So, it's not that fluid. It's not like computer animation now where you can say, you know, just show me between these positions. Someone had to sit there and draw all of those. So mm-hmm. to kind of bring it all back around, Yamamura was starting doing those, here's a bunch of work, fill in these things up to, yeah, it's, here's the key stuff. Yeah, he was basically doing grunt work at the beginning and then later on when he became a key animator then those are the people that basically set what this episode will look like because mm, everything right, right. that the in-between animators do is based off of them yeah and in-between animation can look kind of crappy but if the key animation itself is good they can kind of use that as a guide and the in-between mm-hmm. won't be as bad but then if you have terrible key animators the in-between just gets wor- uh, it gets awful because it, and that's the thing, you know, the key animation shots make or break the scene because the in-between animators can't just adjust things to make the in-between ones look really good right, right. because then it just look god-awful. Uh, so, yeah, so we step back to that. And um, so he was promoted to being a key animator, although he did come back and fill in as an in-between animator when needed. Mm. So he kind of kind of weaned off on that a little bit as Dragon Ball went on. And by the time we hit Dragon Ball Z, he's he's full on just key animation. So we've we've seen this nice steady rise of Yamamoro. But then by the time we hit Dragon Ball Z episode 116, that was the last episode that Mitsuyo Shindo was actually the animation supervisor for Shindo Productions. Okay. And then he stepped back. He did go on to take on some other minor animation roles with other series but he more so just took hold of the company and ran it from more of a managerial standpoint instead of actually being involved with everything they did and Yamamoro stepped in filled his position and I think it was only natural that he did because I mean the guy's just awesome so his first animation supervisor credit was in episode 122 okay so he's um mecha frieza trunks era coming in here yep yeah the first episode he ever animated was when goku which was 122 which is where goku comes Mm, back right right and uh meets trunks and does that whole i'm gonna fight you with one finger isn't that right after an awful animation day 121 yes (laughs) that's so funny the one where uh frieza gets chopped in half and yeah yeah it looks yeah when you come back from the oh yeah it was such a bad episode was it ebi sawa did that one so Mm, yeah sure just got awful (laughs) but anyway um so it soon became quite evident just how talented he was because the superb animation quality that we had already been getting from Shindo Productions and Dragon Ball Z just mm-hmm. like shot through the roof. And he became the new top animator that they had. And it, it really set like this new standard of excellence of almost what everything for the rest of Dragon Ball Z was really compared to was anything that he was involved in. So kind of in my outline, I put, you know, the student has become the master. Yeah, sure. Because his rise is just something that you don't normally see, where within the span of only five to seven years, he's gone from, well, I kind of want to be an animator, so I'm going to get hired by this firm. And now I'm basically the guy for one of the largest, most profitable franchises of all time in Japanese animation history. So you just have to really feel for the guy of how talented he really was. And a lot of people saw it, which is why he he really rose to be a famous animator. Because a lot of animators have referred to him over the years, and he just seems like a really nice guy in general well, that's from good. what I've read. But the good thing is, is he started out with uh, Dr. Slump, went on to Dragon Ball, went on to Dragon Ball Z, and he even stuck around for GT, and uh, he came back for Kai. So from there, I think we might as well just follow his rise to fame. So as we discussed, God, however many episodes it was, Minoru Maeda left the series for some unknown reasons, and Toei Animation had to figure out how they were going to fill all of the roles and responsibilities that he had actually been performing for the franchise. Well, first up was who are we going to get to become the character designer for Dragon Ball Z? So first, what they did was they promoted in-house animator Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru. 
which we talked about last time. You know, he's Mike's guy. Yamamura's my guy. So they hired Katsuyoshi to come in. I love how you're on a first name basis with him. I am. I'm on a first name basis with all these guys (laughs) because I feel like I've written their lives. You can pronounce his first name better than his last name. I think that's why you do it. And that too. So Nakatsuru came in and took over the role from uh, Maeda. Well, at the same time, Yamamuro had really caught Toei Animation's attention because they actually hired him on to become the, I don't even know how to put it, quote unquote, unofficial character designer. Okay. Because uh, Nakatsuru is the only one that's actually credited in the series itself as being the character designer. You know what I think we need to do yet again is if you're not familiar with how this whole process goes, you're probably thinking to yourself, there's already a character designer. His name is Toriyama. Why do you need other people Ah. involved? But I guess the most obvious one would be, well, filler material and additional stuff that's not present in the manga. Someone's going to design those characters. But Mm -hmm. in addition to that, there is also a little bit of adaptation that goes on between the original manga and the TV version. It's less prevalent in Dragon Ball than it is in some other series. In some other series. Like Sailor Moon, where... Yeah, they look like their manga cells, but there's a different standard being used for the TV adaptation that they kind of create. This is the style for these characters now. Which it's somewhat the case in Dragon Ball because yeah, a I mean, bit. that's what they did. They came, they would come up with character designs which were based on the manga, but they would be designs that were then handed out to all the different key animation studios right, for reference. to use as reference sure. when they were drawing things. Uh, they would list on there what color clothes right, need to be, like what color the their hex hair. Color. Well, I guess there weren't hex colors back then. Yeah. So all the uh, finishing touches artists knew what to paint and, and so on and so <laughs> Except forth. for Toriyama. So, it was like, ah, it's close enough. Yeah. I don't think he really cared. No, he didn't. That's why Karin's like five different colors. So uh, where were we? <laughs> That's a good question. Where were we? <laughs> where were we? So... Uh, they needed to fill the spot of the character designer for the main TV series. So they brought on Nakatsuru from in-house. Then they went out and they got Yamamuro, who was already involved in the series, and said, you will basically direct the character design for all of our movies. All right. So sure. at this point, uh, the last movie that Maeda was involved in was Dragon Ball Z Movie 7. Okay. So we had the um, three great Super Saiyans. And Dragon Ball Z Movie 8 was the first movie that Yamamuro would be involved in. Okay, so he comes in with Broly. Yes. You gotta love the Broly, right? No comment. Continue onward, please. No comment. Okay. So Yamamuro came on for Dragon Ball Z Movie 8 and basically stuck around until Dragon Ball Z Movie 13. But at the same time, even though Nakatsuru was only the only one credited as the character designer mm. for the series, we do know, based on his uh, Golden Warrior interview, right, that right. he actually provided a lot of character designs for the TV series itself. So it seems like he helped Nakatsuru quite a bit, and, or anything from the movies that was could also be used as reference material for the TV series at the time. They would use that as well. Uh, like Super Saiyan Goku during the the Boo era of the series, Mm -hmm. all of his character designs came from Yamamuro and not Nakatsuru. Gotcha. So it's just little things like that, but it's just never really credited. And I've always found it kind of hard to differentiate who did what because both men were so talented and both fans of Toriyama, and they did such a good job. Well, and especially in the movies where the production values are so much higher, it's kind of harder to tell between different artists there. And then as far as the movies are concerned, it it was actually quite interesting because in his Golden Warrior interview, he talked a lot about how uh, Toriyama-sensei would be the one that would come up with a lot of the original concepts, or Yamamuro would draw something and send it to Toriyama, and then Toriyama would tweak it. Mm-hmm. and send it back sure. and uh his favorite was always Janemba because mm-hmm. Yamamuro had come up with that sent it to him and Toriyama liked it and i think he only had like some minor tweaks to it so you get kind of this this sense of these three great men basically i don't want to say built this franchise but as far as <laughs> right. animation is concerned they were the end all be all sort of guys to go to so uh Beyond Dragon Ball Z Movie 8, Yamamuro was responsible for almost all the wall scrolls, cards, yeah, it, calendars, we get to merchandise, promotional artwork. 
Yeah, like everything. So, which was something we talked about with uh, Minoru Maeda was how he did all that. And so this is a lot of what Yamamoro took over, whereas Nakasuru more focused on the TV series. So it's kind of like, I, I believe we discussed it last time, that they had to hire two people to take over Minoru's job. Right. Because not just one other person could actually do it all. <laughs> no one was Superman enough to kind of do all that. So, all right, think about modern V-Jump covers that feature Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Is that Nakatsuru or is that Yamamuro now? Most of them are Yamamuro now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nakatsuru hasn't really done a whole lot as of late. He's only done a couple Dragon Ball covers mm-hmm. of anything. I'm trying to remember what he has done because we discussed it last time. Yeah, I think like the Jump Super Anime Tour special, the um, Annie manga for that. Okay. I believe he did the cover. Gotcha. So that's like the last thing he's ever done. <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> I know. But uh, so moving on to GT, which I know is what everyone wants to talk about. So having seen his talent, uh, Toei Animation hired Yamamoro away from Shindo Productions. So up until that point, throughout Dragon Ball Z, he had actually stayed with Shindo Productions. Well, Toei Animation, somewhere around the time of Dragon Ball Z, actually hired him away and said, you're going to exclusively work for us. Well, at this point, we know that Nakatsuru actually completely took over the character design roles for Dragon Ball GT. Right, right. And Yamamoro really had nothing to do with it at all. He stayed on the animation staff, but merely just as an animation supervisor and key animator. So everything as far as character designs, promotional material, that was all done by Nakatsuru. All right, so good animation days in GT, you can point to Yamamura. Mm -hmm. So then following GT, Yamamura would go on to be the character designer and animation supervisor for some of Toei Animation's... uh, 90s material such as the the 90s Dr. Slum mm. and Adventure King Beat. And then shortly after that in early 2000 Yamamuro joined the staff of One Piece, which he's actually quite famous for One Piece apparently in Japan even though he actually hasn't done a whole lot for the series. So why so would he be famous for it? I think a lot of people are just were really excited to see him on there. Oh, all right. And I'm not quite sure how that works because he was only an animation supervisor for a couple episodes. He's done occasional key animation work. But from people that I've talked to that have kept up with the One Piece anime more than I have, you can definitely tell when he shows up to do a scene because it still is way above par way above everybody else and it just it stands out yeah that makes for sense. how good it is i'm sure it's just all the old-time fans that were already dragon ball fans mm-hmm. like us coming into the later series just having some of your favorite staff whether it be animators or voice actors directors whatever coming in it's just nice to see them all keep working on stuff and you know at this point he's basically just doing toy animation stuff so okay. he was involved with a lot of projects. And after GT, he went through this nice stint of working on uh, a bunch of other material. And then finally, with Kai, he comes back. So after doing all this other work on like some smaller projects here and there, he returned to the Dragon Ball franchise in 2009 to oversee the animation, of the opening and endings for Dragon Ball Kai. Mm. Uh, he also did all the cover art for their DVD and Blu-ray releases. Okay. And then with its cancellation in 2011, he actually went on to become the animation supervisor for Toriko. Oh, so okay. So it's kind of, he's just kind of been moving on slowly. Our style uh, fits in well. But he has come back. But then we've seen that he's come back a lot recently because prior to working on Kai, Yamamuro had become Toei Animation's basically go-to guy for anything Dragon Ball related. Because in 2005... He was tasked with drawing the cover art for the Dragon Box, the movies, DVD box. Right. And we know Nakatsuru did all of the previous boxes Mm -hmm. that they had done, which you'll notice Yamamuro had become basically the go-to guy for all the movie design materials. So it was really kind of a nice touch. They brought him back to do the Dragon Box, the movies, and they had Nakatsuru back to do all of the actual other series boxes. So it was just kind of nice to see. And then eventually he went on... Uh, Yamamuro went on to do all the Dragon Box individual disc cover art, which some people like, some people don't, sure. but whatever. Um, so then in 2008, he provided all the character designs for the Jump Super Anime Tour special, which we all love around here. We do. We all, all of you, we all love it. We 
all love it. And then he also did all the specials, promotional artwork, illustrations. Um, and then he would return again in 2010 to be the animation supervisor and character designer for the Raging Blast 2 bonus feature planned to eradicate the super science. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So um, he still continues to... Pr- provide the majority of all the promotional artwork for the series uh, including video games guidebooks calendars i mean you name it he does most of it we haven't seen much of nakatsuru in a while and yamamuro's really taken over uh being the character designer basically for anything new that's coming out for the series he is involved with it which we've seen with the new movie ta-da and that (laughs) brings us to the present brings us to the present and so now we will see what more comes from this man because he is really the only one that's left that we can actually follow and say, you know what? He still has a future. Minoru Maeda, he left and he's never come back. So he will probably never be involved. With the yeah, he's again. doing that uh, visual novel C cube mm-hmm. thing, whatever that was. It looked absolutely awful and devastated me. I know it was so horrible. And then uh, and then we have Nakatsuru who only slips in every once in a while to maybe do something minor. I know he was a key animator for the JSAT special, but again, Yamamuro did all of the real heavy lifting. Yeah. So so we'll we'll see how this goes. So I'm stuck I mean, with him. It's it's an interesting point. You are stuck with him whether you like him or not. It's okay. I don't dislike I don't wanna come across as disliking Yamamuro, but if I had my choice, and I do have my choice because I have that power, uh, I would go with Nakatsuru. But uh, that's not reality. I'm, so. I'm sorry. I mean, we could debate about this all the time. But the thing is, is when it comes to animation styles, I mean, everyone has the, their own thing that they like. Yeah, well, you know what, Heath? Heath, some people have no taste. So, Oh, okay. We're playing that card. <laughs> we are playing that card. But, uh, you know, that, that was the one thing that I will say Nakatsuru is... I don't want to say my favorite because yes, he is. I, I don't want to sound like you at all, but <laughs> I mean, just, you know, a retrospective looking back of everything that these three guys have basically done for this series and built it up to what it is, at least animation wise. Now, Konsuru, I think is one of the more intriguing guys to look at. And I think that's one reason why you and I especially really really like looking at what he's done and brought to the series and unfortunately it seems like he's more than moved on from being involved with the franchise anymore and tadayoshi has just done so much that i i don't know i think you got to go with him yeah i don't want to take anything away from them they really are the three pillars that hold up toriyama's work on the animated spectrum and they all had significant contributions they all did amazing work and i (laughs) i just want to say that i don't dislike yamamuro it's not my favorite fine all right i think we can agree on that Okay, is that wrap up our topic on I think that Yamamoto? wraps up our topic. And unfortunately, I guess this brings close to our three-part series. Ah, so. it does. We're going to have to find other folks to go do in-depth bios on, but I don't know that anyone else has amazing interviews we can dig into. No. Unfortunately not. I mean, it's just we got fortunate enough that uh these guys all have done interviews, especially over the years. Um oh, there's one thing that I didn't have in my outline that I'd like to discuss just real quick because okay, I want to get on my high horse for this. Uh, <laughs> throughout the internet, you will often see him credited as Yamamuro Na Oyoshi, which um, mm. is actually not his name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his name is Yamamuro Tadayoshi. I don't know really where this started. I know in, uh, I think it really comes out of uh, the Dragon Ball Z Son Goku Densetsu guidebook where his name is accidentally son son goku densetsu the F i had to think site. about the name of the book so screw you <laughs> um I'm, d- I'm done with this but anyway <laughs> uh his name was just written wrong because the uh kanji character that makes up the first part of his first name can be pronounced that way and there it's basically culminated onto the internet and it's been my mission to destroy that <laughs> plan to eradicate the was it not a not a Na-o-yoshi. Na-o-yoshi. wonderful good job heath 
Thank you. I appreciate All it. Right. So uh, when we post this episode, I will make sure I link the Maeda and the Nakatsuru episodes. So if you have mm-hmm. not listened to those, you can go check those out. Heath, all three of the interviews from the Golden Warrior are translated and up on Konzenshu in translations right now, correct? Correct. Awesome. So I know that content is all there to refer back to. So you have a wealth of information to listen to and read and get a greater understanding, perspective and enjoyment of the animated portion of Dragon Ball. So I guess with our topic done, we got one email we're definitely going to cover. And then hopefully you guys have some questions or additional follow up comments. I don't know if this one is going to tie into preferred animators or good animation days. Maybe it will. Our buddy Josh Kendamu says, hey, everyone, what's up? Well, not much. You know, just uh, got up early, went to the gym just, today. Just uh, chilling, hanging had out. too much coffee. Anyway, uh, what's up? I noticed lately that despite owning all 291 episodes of Dibbs, I just tend to watch the same five or ten episodes over and over again when I'm in the mood to just watch a little Dibbs. For example, my default go-to episodes are, I'm going to stop that, DBZ 61 through 66, and my go-to movie is DBZ Movie 2. That got me thinking. Are there a certain few episodes or movies you guys just tend to watch over and over again when not looking to marathon the entire series. This goes for Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball GT too. I'm not necessarily looking for a top five episodes. It's all in caps, so I had to say it that way. A list or anything like that, just the ones you watch most often on a whim. A whim, I believe. Uh, thanks, Josh Kendamu. So, folks watching live right now, I want you to think about this and start gathering your thoughts and typing them over in the chat window. And I will start, Heath, with you, sir. Do do you have any go-to episodes where it's, you know, I don't want to watch the entirety of the series right now. I just want to have a little fun with Dragon Ball. Here's an episode or two that I like to pop in often. Go. What do you got? I have a couple. Okay. Um, the 23rd Budokai, just the end fight between Ma Jr. and Goku. Good choice. I, I will watch that over and over. Uh, animation quality aside, it's just... I think it's a great story, and it's always been my go-to for just about every answer ever on this podcast. <laughs> I know, so, right? Um, and then the Garlic Ho versus the Kamehameha uh, in the yes. early Saiyan arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just animation-wise just blows you away every time. It's so and then, good. And then the uh, very end of the Cell games with uh, Super Saiyan 2. So mm-hmm. those are, are basically my three. And as far as movies, I have always liked Movie 5 for its animation. Ah, oh, that's so crazy. I want to rewatch 5, but Mary hates 5. <laughs> and mostly for its animation. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the story altogether, but I think it holds up. Um, but as far as story goes, I've always liked two and three Dragon Ball Z movies, two and three. Very nice. So I'd say those are my go-to episodes and movies. All right. While we get more answers from the chat, let me give you some of my own as well. 23rd Budokai is a great answer, but I don't know that I could choose a single episode from there. And if I'm going to watch any mm-hmm. of it, I'm going to watch the entire higher tournament or at least the semifinals onward so i don't know that that's a short enough span of episodes that i can answer with if that makes sense i think that makes sense okay um i will jump to uh, i don't know that in the first tv series i have any go-to episodes it's a lot of i want to watch this entire span of maybe a dozen episodes just because everything's uh i don't know (laughs) better paced back then so i can sit and watch a bunch so really i jumped to dbz for this is the one episode I'm going to watch right now. Uh, I don't remember exactly which episode it is, but you were talking about Goku versus Vegeta with the beam clash there. It's a great one. Uh, And I love watching that, but I actually jumped maybe two or three episodes before that. It's the episode where Goku returns. Uh, I just love all the scenes Uh with, and I know the episode split is kind of wonky in there, but um, so maybe it's two episodes, but him checking all the dead bodies and um, just Kintone, just that shadow of it and Gohan's on top like what what Kintone and Goku the slow walking just everything in that the mood the atmosphere of it I 
think is fantastic. And even though there's not a whole lot of action in that episode, I don't need the action. I just love the atmosphere alone of it. So that's one of my go-to episodes. Kind of a generic episode, but DBZ episode 95. It's <laughs> it's um it's well animated. Yeah. It's got a significant scene in it. It's got some amazing music in it, and it ends on a fantastic just looking at the screen kind of thing. So uh, obviously, if you don't know, that's Goku turning Super Saiyan. So then I jumped to, this was one of your answers as well, DBZ episode 184. We have Gohan turning Super Saiyan 2 for the first time. Uh, again, cliche answers, but the insert song, the animation, the atmosphere, the mood, everything in there uh, that really does it. It's really the mood, I think, that makes that whole episode. Oh, Oh, so good. So good. So then I jump ahead to GT and I got to go with not just episode 64, but I like to start halfway through episode 63. And really after the eye catch, I want to watch that entire half episode and then through 64 everything about it. Uh, I, I love the music in those episodes. Uh, animations good enough in those episodes. Uh, it's just that in particular brings me back to uh, I don't know if I would have gotten that tape in 98, but it was in the first batch of fan subs that I ordered online. I got movies. Well, first I got the Frieza stuff with a trade from random person AOL chat room. That was kind of weird. But then I ordered my first send your blank tape to get them back from, it was called Capsule Core. I got movies 11-12. I got the Bardock and Trunks TV specials. And those are obviously great go-to answers as well, but they're kind of longer. Uh, and then I also got GT episodes 59 and then they didn't have 60. And I think Mary and I talked about this back in the fan sub episode forever ago that GT episode 60, for whatever reason, people just weren't recording that week. That was a, a tough episode to get for quite a few years. So I had 59 and then 61 through 64. So I always enjoyed that span of episodes, but in particular the end. And I felt super awesome and cool for having it you know, raw Japanese VHS. Back then, just a year after it ended, you were the man if you were doing that so those are my episode answers if i had to pick a go-to movie ah i feel like movie 12 is always a good one because you can kind of do other stuff while it's on due to its humor and just kind of chill out to it that's a good chill movie i always liked movie six for some reason though as a chill and watch the action kind of thing even though it's got some kind of wonky animation toward the end but I kind of give it a pass because it's got amazing music and Kimi Guy Hero's great ending song as well. So I think those are some of my answers. I talked way too long. So let's go to uh, some of the chat folks, some of their answers. I'm going to scroll. Oh, man, where are we going here? Let's see. I think it's Marker Walker says go to episodes. The episodes where Vegeta blows himself up and he's talking to Piccolo. Uh, is that 237 or 247? I think it's 237, right? That sound right? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Great choice as well. I've talked about that ending scene so much. Great choice. For Dragon Ball, it's the episode where Tenshin Han has to, I'm sorry, I'm reading through a windscreen in the Texas Mall, has to get a Dragon Ball from a former tournament opponent. Let's see. Kubei, QB Minato says movie 12. All day, every day, not really. Well, I approve of this answer. Uh, let's see. Randy says, I definitely have go-to episodes. DBZ, 120, 122. <laughs> good answers there. We are talking about those earlier. 184, again, good answer. 201 through 202. 201, 202 would be Great Saiyaman, wouldn't it? Uh, yes, because 200 was oh, the Oh, no, that's 195 to 199. So, yeah, Great Saiyaman. Let's say correct. 200, yep. Randy also says, movies would be movie Z movies. <laughs> that is not a sentence. I don't know what I'm reading here. 2, 3, 12, and 13. So we got Dr. Weirdo, Tardis. Uh, 12 is Janemba, and 13 is Hiru Degan. I'm gone with the jaw. I'm going to hit the microphone while I'm doing that. Uh, let's see. I'm going to read a couple more, then I'll give it over to you, Heath. Uh, scroll over through the chat. Make sure you can read things. Dante Hell 10 says, I really like Gohan, so I tend to watch the Siaman filler. Good stuff. I know when we were doing the manga review of Awesomeness, we touched on it a little bit, but the great Siaman stuff kind of heavily changed, adapted from the manga to the TV version. So you can have mm -hmm. two really nice experiences between uh, the two different parts there. And let's see, Dark Yamatoman says, 
Not sure about episodes, but I'm always up to watching the Bardock special. Yes, that is a good answer. I approve of that one. All right, I am done trying to read through a windscreen on Tiny Text. Heath, I'm turning it over to you. What else do you see in the chat? Uh, we have another from, um, let's see here, Dante Hell 10, the first 13 Dragon Ball episodes. He went with uh, movie four, so... Yeah. And now, and what, then, what's uh, your forum community account? Just so I can put the ban on that one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would ouch. never do that. I would never do that. <laughs> uh, let's see. We have the Chunky Lover 111, the episode in Dragon Ball where Goku meets a young Master Roshi. Oh, that's a great scene. Love that stuff. I love that. Hey, can I see your driver's license? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my go to movie is Five, says Donald Dalok. Uh, he also likes the uh, first time Piccolo starts fighting number 17 when they, the, the first Very few nice. episodes. Uh, animation in there does get a little wonky. It does, but it's good bit, stuff but, anyway. Uh, let's see here. We also have some more Trunks special. Everybody's loving the Trunks special. Well, the specials are good because they're a little bit longer than an episode, but they're such amazing material, well-produced. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong there. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, Monkey Madness 54. Uh, I kind of like movies 9 and 12. So I'm right up there with you. I love movie nine. Nice. Um, definitely got the poster. Movie 12 is awesome, as Mike said. Uh, let's see. I don't have any new ones. Oh, jeez. I have a bunch more. Uh, I think you were missing some in the middle there. Let's see. Jeroni Jabroni says that the three Broly films are a guilty pleasure. I can understand that. Me. I'm sorry. I will not hold that against you, uh, especially if you're not overexposed to fandom. You can kind of watch movie eight in a bubble and be okay with it. And even movie 10 has oh, got yeah. a couple moments you're like, okay, this is watchable. Movie 11, I guess at that point, you're so deep in the hole that you might as well keep going. We've got some other great answers here. The driving episode, the car episode, people like that. Someone's joking about Garlic mm -hmm. Jr. You can just jump off a bridge. Uh, Goku versus Frieza stuff. There's a lot of good answers in there. I think what we'll do uh, is, oh, our buddy Ramsa. I got to mention this, just popping in out of nowhere. GT Power Power Brothers. That's also a good episode. I don't know if it's a good episode, but it's a good scene to <laughs> refer back to. Uh, I think what we'll do at this point is just uh, kind of refer folks over to the forum thread for every single episode. If you have go-to episodes, go-to movies that you love chilling out to and you want to watch Dragon ball but you're not ready for a commitment because dragon ball is a commitment uh give us your answer over there and uh i know maybe we can go a little more in depth and see if there are trends with animation studios on those or people just choosing good animation days i think we all are uh except heath like you said the piccolo versus 17 gets a little wonky in the middle there as well but uh, i'm interested in kind of the meta surrounding and all why are we choosing these episodes are they just the fun action ones the big scenes the animation the music i don't know so let's pick it all apart uh heath i guess before we wrap things up let's talk about what we're going what we going on i'm <laughs> dropping words see here. you and i in this talking thing i'm dropping packets not it's not so that well. i can't talk it's that the packets aren't getting through that's my excuse you just missed out on a couple of those words well that must be happening a lot then <laughs> shut up so uh you and i don't know you were starting to work on some movie guide pages I was like well, hey i got some of these done too i'm just gonna paste in information here's instant content and i'll look like i'm working on stuff so you got like five or six movie guide pages. Well, yeah, I think they're mostly all live. They're just not linked to. <laughs> okay. <yet. laughs> I know a couple of them are, but uh, we, we kind of started with the newer material and then we were having a conversation. Do we want to rename the movie guide? Because there's so many things that are not movies, but then if we call it the feature guide, well, that confuses features like actual articles. So I think we're going to leave it movie guide and just yeah. call it movies. And people will have to live with it like julian so uh like i said we started newer working our way backwards so we've got plant eradicate the super science we've got plant eradicate the science the original that's uh gonna be hitting there uh episode of bardock i'm super anime tour special while it's not newer i had it all done so i did the Tedabiko special so that's all outlined and detailed and you can answer the questions hooray mm -hmm. because we gave you the answers <laughs> what sound does that cow make no it's not that bad that's the Sailor Moon Playdia game. Those are the kind of questions over on that. That's an experience. I might have to live stream that game one day, even though it's Sailor Moon. 
and oh, not Dragon Balls. <laughs> Fantastic. And then I did the uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, whatever the hell it's called, Summer Vacation Special, a.k.a. Movie Overview Special. Oh, right, right. Okay, I can talk. You're off sync I'm again. done talking. Thankfully, your recording is going to be in time, so... I can sort of line it up. This is just horrible. <laughs> Should we wrap things up then? Site, content, yes. Oh, Keith, God. Tell everyone, where's the website? I think we have to. I think we need to wrap this up. Uh, the website, you can find us at www.kanzenshuu.com. That is correct. So that is the central resource to find everything. You can find us, you can find the podcast, you can find the Facebook, you can find the Twitter, you can find the forum, the eventual wiki, which we were doing in real time and not internet time. So when we say coming soon, we mean within our lifetimes and not within the next week. So look forward to that in the real life, real near future. Uh, I guess that's it. Uh, I kind of wish Mary was here because she had a hilarious dream apparently the other night where she was developing a Dragon Ball game and it was the greatest thing ever concocted and she wanted to like wake up and put the patent on it, but I don't think that's going to work. So she'll have to tell that story in the future. I, I feel sorry for her. I really do. <laughs> All right. That's what I got. We done. We done. We're we done. done. All right. We out. Kanzenshu.com. This is episode 305. Be back in your ears next week with 306. Pay attention to the site for uh, lovely stuff so for Heath over there sir thank you thank you for having me and my leggy internet yeah it's been pretty bad at the end here my name is Mike uh, Vegito EX that's what I go by for all these folks in and out each and every week we love you talk to you next week bye bye <laughs>